Welcome to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. I'm Deirdre Koppelman and I'm your host, and I'm here with my dear friend, your co host, JG. Woohoo! Yep. What are we going to do here today, JG? We're going to talk about some pretty great stuff. Like what? Like pure, raw, and real business issues, life issues. Pressing problems that people have. Yeah. Do you think you can help people with their pressing problems? Definitely. All right. Well, let's see, because over the next hour, we're going to get into some really heavy stuff, and we're going to be talking about self-sacrifice, leadership behavior, things that we know because we've worked with so many business owners. We've worked with employees. We've worked with job seekers. I think combined, our experience must be what? 30 plus years? 30 plus, I think individually it's 30 plus years. So from the playground to the boardroom, that's what you get. Gut wisdom is going to make you think. We want you to think. We want you to leave having listened with real solutions and aha moments, things that you can take away and apply in your real life. So over the next, we'll call it hour, but over the next months ahead, we want you to get to know us and we want to get to know you. Mm -hmm. Stay with us after the break as we launch. And we guarantee you are going to learn some very valuable insights, and tonight especially, about self-sacrifice and leadership behavior. You're listening to Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates. Raw, honest discussion about the most pressing problems in business and in life. WCBS. Delays of two hours plus. With drive-time traffic every five minutes, live from Chopper 880. We're just getting the first look here. Plus all the latest news. Several buildings have been evacuated. WCBS News Radio 880. Welcome back. It is Deirdre and JG. Hey, JG. Hey, Big D. Hey. So I think what's really important before we get into all about self-sacrifice and leadership behavior, which you know is my passion. Yep. I think we really need to talk a little bit about who we are, mm-hmm. where we came from, how we met. I think people want to know, like, what are we about? Totally. I agree. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, where should I begin? In the beginning. In the beginning. In the beginning. I think that's a Bible story. So yes. let's see. I started Core Solutions, CEO of Core Solutions, in 2003 out of my basement with no clients. Mm-hmm. Just a crazy idea. Yeah. I'm a little entrepreneurial nut. And Pear has grown through referrals, you know. We have clients across the country and we're providing everything that has to do uh, with helping people whether it's helping employers with people, helping people find jobs, training people on leadership development, everything that you can imagine to help. My passion has always been, you gotta pay it forward. Whatever you learn, whatever information you've got, you've gotta give it to somebody else, make somebody feel good, see something a little differently. And that's what I'm about. I love it. And you? Well, I'm John Gassman, but everybody just calls me little old JG. Yeah. Yeah, grew up on the Queens, Went to school out in Long Island, had a good time. And my background predominantly was in the family business. We had a uh, third-generation CPA firm. And uh, I took it over 25 years ago from my dad and my grandfather. And your dad, Mr. Mel. Yes, Mr. Mel. He's a rock star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 90 years old. God bless the guy. He's he, he is a leader like no one else. He's a terrific role model, which we could get into a little later. And your mother. And my mother also. Is something else. Yep. Mrs. Rockefeller, we call her. 
also, 89. They just celebrated their 69th wedding anniversary, so there are a lot of great lessons well, that we could definitely pick from them. I'm hoping that they will join us one day and give us their wisdom, their yes. gut wisdom. How mm-hmm. the heck did you make it 69 years? And they are, it seems to me, from the few times I've met them, inseparable. Yes, very I, much I've so. I've never seen anything like it in my life. <laughs> yep. Agreed. Yeah, so go ahead. What else do you do? Yeah, so we uh, got a little bored with the uh, tax and accounting business. So about 15 years ago, we launched another company, uh, G&G Planning Concepts, predominantly focused on financial planning. And the goal there was to help people really set the course for them to have a good foundation for planning, for retirement, for college funding. It was all about trying to help people achieve their goals for the reasons that are important to them. Mm-hmm. So we got involved with that and you know developed that over the past couple of years. We have a super firm here in Midtown Manhattan, uh, same building for God knows how long. We have a great, great team of people. Yeah. And uh, But how'd you get to Gut Wisdom? Oh. The, how'd you get to me? Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. What kind of uh, intervention was that? Do you yeah, remember? It was divine. It was divine <laughs> intervention. So, you know, I had a business partner for many, many years, as you recall, and unfortunately, you know, started going through uh, some trials and tribulations in the business. And we came to the realization that it was probably best that we separate. Oh, you know, yeah. I think the business many and, people uh, came to that conclusion, JJ. Yeah, maybe a little bit before I did. Yeah. You know, I was the last to realize. And interestingly enough, uh, I realized I couldn't do it on my own. And I needed coaching. I needed counseling. I needed advice, third-party independent advice to really bounce ideas off of somebody to get some perspective. Hmm. Yes. And uh, a dear friend of ours, the archangel, Michael Flegelman, introduced us together. And uh, we met at a breakfast on Long Island at a diner. Right. So this is your story because I have 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 a different story. I have a little bit of a different story. Yeah, and, so uh, so, and I'm going to interrupt and tell you a little oh, bit please. about the differences in the story because, quite frankly, we were introduced, yes, by Michael Flegelman, a doll. Yes, and it was fascinating because at that meeting at the diner, you were very quiet, and yes. I had I had to do all of this talking about behavioral analytics and mm-hmm. all of these things that I'm certified in, and you were just blank face, and I'm like, all right, you know, great meeting, and then every for a year. Actually, yes. a whole year I pestered for you for an entire year. You would call me, "Hey, I want to hire uh, this person," and there were five, four, nine, two on that test. What do you think? And I'd say, "Don't are you kidding me? I, I'm not answering your question. First yeah. of all, you're taking away the value from what it is that I do, mm-hmm. and you're annoying because after the <laughs> sixth time, I'm not. It's not a yes or no answer. And when mm-hmm. you're ready to do business together, give me a call, yeah, right? Exactly. And it was. I, I'm almost positive, so close to one year, I actually saved the voicemail. And the voicemail was something like this. Deirdre, it's JG. And I don't care what my partner says, but I, my firm is going to work with you no matter what. Give me a call. I still have that voicemail. I didn't leave such a message. Oh, yes, you did. Okay, you're yeah, right. So, so you became a client of Pear. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. We worked with you. Yep. And somehow... We realize that we uh, we both have this creativity, this entrepreneurial spirit, 
Totally. And also recognizing that a core value that we both have is really helping people. Absolutely. So we were able to uh, work on many cases together. Many projects, worked out with many of our clients, yeah. mutual clients that we've developed over the years. Crazy and, uh, stories. They say it's all good, and we learned that in Kansas City. Absolutely. Right? At yep. our uh, coffee manufacturing yep. Absolutely. friend. Yeah. Yeah. And so how did we get to Gut Wisdom? Do you even remember? Yeah. I think uh, you were on your way back from Chicago from right. a strategic coach session. Correct. And interestingly enough, I get this phone call. Oh, I have a little bit of a layover. I'm not <laughs> getting yeah. home. Nine hours to get back from <laughs> Chicago to LaGuardia because there was fog. Yep. Correct. Yep. I remember. And then uh, you said, hey, you know, a couple of people in the group said, I should write a book, meaning you. Yeah. And you were like, hmm, what would I write about? And they said, you should write about all your experiences growing up. Blah, how did you blah, get blah. to the point of where you are today? You're just so amazing how you. Yeah. Help all of that people. sort of did yeah. not stick with me. But right. the one thing I thought about was, you know, everything that I know, it's almost like street smart and book smart. Yeah. And being a listener, listening to other people. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It comes from your gut. It comes from gut instinct. And yeah. I really, you know, as we go through this show over time, you'll learn more about where I was able to really zone in on intuition. And, you know, Einstein's famous for intuition over knowledge. Yes. Um, so I said, hey, I have an idea. And the next thing you know, you're like, yeah. I said, what if we start a company called Gut Wisdom? And you, uh, next thing I heard was, Ch -ch 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 -ch. I heard the keyboard going and, yep. okay, I reserved, I, what did you do? I reserved the domain. I'm like, you reserved the domain. I'm like <laughs> diverted at some airport. You just, yep, but we have to spell it with a Z. It's G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M. I'm like, ah, oh, that's brilliant. It has a whiz in it. You're like, okay, I'm going to call Randy, our attorney. We'll get it trademarked. I'm like, okay. And here we are, 50-50 partners in gut wisdom. Yep trying to figure out how to launch it, right? How do we get to a place where we can share not only our wisdom, yeah. but wisdom that we've learned from the people we've worked with, the people we've served, the people we that have raised us, mm -hmm. the people that we have raised, the yeah. people we live with, and also the wisdom from others. Absolutely. You know, if everybody was to share what they've learned, how many more people could we help? And, Millions. And, and it's amazing. And, you know... We're sitting here today. I don't want to digress, but I will. You know, it's 15 years later after 9-11. Yeah. And, you know, we're half a mile away from what was the World Trade Center, what is the Freedom Tower. And, you know, to me, that's like the deepest um, feeling of self-sacrifice. And it, it's sort of, you know, it's permeating, you know, the thoughts. And when you think about leaders who those leaders who unknowingly went to work that day to serve their companies, provide for their families, yeah. the rescuers who wore you know, the FDNY, the NYPD, yes. proudly serving their city, the lives they took, you know, their oaths to protect. Yep. And what about the bystanders? The bystanders, every shape, size, color, it didn't matter, already sacrificed their own needs to help others before themselves. Yeah. So self-sacrifice, you know, to me at the deepest level, it's, you know, our prayers are with everybody, the city of New York, the families, the, the, the leaders, every single individual who really showed self-sacrifice that day. Yep. And, you know, there's something about the golden rule. What do you know about the golden rule? I'm afraid to ask you that question because I, I never know what's going to come out of your mouth. But what do you know about the golden rule? 
Well, I think it was all about, you know, treat others as you would want to be treated. That's what I recall of the golden rule. Do you know what the exact definition is? Mm, no. Share with me. It's the ethic of reciprocity. Mm. Tolerance, consideration, and compassion. Mm. So if we have the ability to help people yeah. have more tolerance, and down the road, down some other show, we'll be talking about how you can actually train your brain to be more tolerant, to increase empathy. Yes. Right? Have more consideration for somebody else. Yep. Right? And compassion, which is very different than sympathy yeah. and empathy. Right? So those are some of the goals today. And here we are. We sit and tell me. What is self-sacrifice for you? What does it mean to you? As I think about it, I, I think about it in two different ways, from both a business perspective and a personal perspective. And when you look at self-sacrifice, and I, I, I looked this up yesterday morning as I was noodling this, in the dictionary it says, the act of giving up something that you want to have or keep in order to help someone else, mm -hmm. you know, and I started thinking about this, like, what self-sacrifice do I have? What am I self-sacrificing today for others to help people be better mm -hmm. or improve? Mm -hmm. And we live in a different generation than, you know, our parents lived in. I totally. Mean, what they sacrificed to provide for their kids, what business owners sacrificed for their businesses, it's very different today. And I don't think I've personally sacrificed as much as my parents mm -hmm. or others that have uh, come before me, but I think about giving, giving of myself to others for a greater good, something bigger. Yeah, I agree, but I also think when you when you self-sacrifice, when you give of yourself in a, in a self-sacrificing way, you're giving something up. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you think of self-sacrifice. We talk about, you know, God be with the people from 9-11 and the families. Yeah. These big or our, our, our fighters who are out there, our military. But self-sacrifice can be as small as, you know, leaving the last Twinkie in the vending machine because, you know, your coworker loves Twinkies. Absolutely. It's really giving something up of yourself. And it doesn't have to be big. Right. Do you agree? I don't know. I you're would, staring at me. You're thinking. You're noodling, yeah. noodling. No, no, no. I'm in complete agreement. And, you know, I think, again, there's a big misconception about people of power, right, working up the corporate ladder. Yeah. You know, they're in positional leadership roles. But let's, when we come back, talk about everybody Good. is a leader. I'm all about everybody. Every has I am the all about everybody, JJ. sacrifice and lead. Totally. Can't wait. Yeah. You're listening to Gut Wisdom. Learn more about us at gutwisdom.com, but remember to spell wisdom with a Z. When you're on the train, it doesn't mean you're out of touch. Listen to WCBS on your phone or tablet. We're streaming live 24-7 with the news you need to know. Go to radio.com or cbsnewyork.com, and you'll stay informed on your way to and from the office with WCBS News Radio 880. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Gut Wisdom, and we're going to pick up with JG where we left off on self-sacrifice and leadership behavior. So, JG, I'll remind you because I know how old you are. <laughs> self-sacrifice, right? Heavy yeah, topic. Very. What does it mean to you? What does it have to do with leadership specifically in your mind? Well, for the most part, you think of any great leader, 
what it comes down to is always sacrificing themselves for the betterment of, you know, their company, mm-hmm. whatever they're trying to do. If it's putting their company on the map, if it's helping someone, it's always about giving up something from their perspective. And I think I mentioned this before, the misconception that people have about leaders that are working up the corporate ladder, there's this misperception that it only applies to them, these rules of self-sacrifice and whatnot. Well, when you, you know, I'm going to interject because, you Please know, I, I love to interrupt you. Yeah, jab, jab. There, to me, and this is what I've expressed probably for the last 30 years, leadership has no levels. To me, leadership, exactly. le- right? Leadership yep, totally. behaviors are leadership behaviors that you see. And when we talk about from the playground to the boardroom, yeah. a leader... Uh, and some people will ask, you know, do you think you can teach leadership skills? Can you mm-hmm. can you change behavior? You can Absolutely. with what? How can you change behavior with what? Will, desire, and commitment. Exactly. So I think we're in agreement that totally leaders have no titles. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter your position in life. It doesn't matter how much money you make, where you live. Exactly. Right. So okay. Now I'm sorry I interrupted. Yeah. Tell me about self sacrifice. What? Anybody, you know, I talked about before, you know, Twinkies, leaving the last Twinkie. You know, what are some things that you've seen? I can talk about things that I've seen, but I'm curious. What are some things that you've seen in the workplace, even in your kids? You know, small self-sacrifices that showed leadership behavior. Yeah, I, I when I think of leadership behavior, the first place I always go to is with my parents. Mm. And I, I start with them because my parents are just amazing people. They are they are truly givers. They're in, amazing. In the, in the in the truest sense, they give and give and give. There is no no. It's always a yes. They're always there to help. And the sacrifices that my parents made in bringing up uh, my brother, my sister, myself were truly unbelievable. My father worked like like a madman to provide for his family. Mm-hmm. Right and. He managed to put away money for all of his kids to attend college. Mm-hmm. He managed to sock away money to help the kids buy their first homes. Amazing. And, you know, that type of self-sacrifice, right. you don't see that as much today. The hardships, the tr- and I said this before, the trials, the tribulations that they had in their generation – are, are were much worse than what we have today. We have an abundance, ab- right? Right. It's an abundance of opportunities. Yeah. They didn't have all of those opportunities, so they had to make choices. Right. You know, it was either we're going to do for ourselves or we're going to think about our kids. Right. And that's how they always acted. Well, maybe it's because there were less choices. That's, right. That's possible. You but- know, think about it. You have so many options now. Yes. Certainly more than your parents had or my parents had. Yes. So is maybe there is a correlation. If you have too many options, you know, maybe you're not really getting to the core of being, you know, a self-sacrificing parent. I think there's also a, a line, you know, you talk about giving. Your parents were givers, are givers, and above everything else, giving to your kids, helping them get set up in their first homes. Mm-hmm. Where's the fine line? Because when you talk to parents today, right, there's a fine line between giving mm-hmm. and indulgence. Yeah. There, there's... Right? So how come you weren't indulged? Or were you? I think I was indulged. Growing up, I think my parents, you know, being the baby of the family. Me too. Ba- <laughs> That's why we get along. That's why we get along. But 
When you look at it, I think we were indulged. But again, it goes back to the essence of their core values. Right. Their core values that you know they grew up with, that they were instilled with, is what really they're trying to do for us mm-hmm. is the same thing, trying to instill in us these notions, these values of giving, being humble, right. self-sacrifice, think bigger, think for the better good of others, right. not just about yourself, right? What is, what is the old saying? Um, I think John Maxwell penned it, you know, a leader must give up going up. Yeah. So, you know, there are trade-offs in life. And that's another saying. Life is a series of trade-offs, one for another. Correct. So you're constantly making choices for the long-term benefit Mm -hmm. of yourself, your family, your workers, your employees, your clients, your customers. You know, it's interesting. You have, um, we have, you have Nydia. Nydia Lugo. Yeah, Nydia. She's amazing. Nydia's worked for how long? Three? Oh, probably about three and a half years. Right. And she's got a heart of gold. I mean, if you can emulate an employee, if you could uh, replicate mm-hmm. somebody, she, she would be ama- This woman comes to work, 6.45 a.m. She Amazing. stays 12, mm-hmm. 13 hours. And at the end of the day, you could say, oh, I have a project, and she won't say no to you. She'll work the weekends. She does Whatever the job asks, what was it they used to say? You know, nothing is impossible. Well, I don't. And she, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal yeah. something right now that you, you don't even know about Nydia. What is that? That I learned today. And when she hears this, she may be angry with me on Monday morning. But she's actually going to learn how to uh, input tax returns. Oh my gosh! Professionally, she's not just going to be playing around, but she's going to be practicing. She told me she has a plan. She's going to practice for three to six months. To do what? Help you. And you know what? Yeah. She's doing that on her time. Yeah. Self-sacrificing yeah. her time to help you. That's a leader. Yes. I could tell you a story, and I will, about Alana. I have a, two daughters, Alana and Carly. Alana's uh, 25 years old. And I had a thought when we were thinking about the topic uh, for today's show on self-sacrifice and leadership behavior. It brought me back to when Alana was 15 months old. We were living here in the city. We were at a mommy and me music class. Mm-hmm. And it was adorable. All these kids around, you know, a little 15-month-old. They're all cute with their pudgy cheeks. And the instructor, you know, the, the woman running the, the show there said, okay, everybody, all the kids, come up. She had this big box in the middle of the circle. And in the box were, you know, tambourines, maracas, harmonicas, little drums, drumsticks, every type of musical instrument, of course, miniature-sized. Yep. And she invited all the kids to come up to this big box, pick an instrument, and then go running back to, of course, mommy and sit on her lap because it was mommy and me. So no offense to dads. So (laughs) None taken. So she ran, Alana, as did there must have been at least 20 other little toddlers in that class, ran to the middle of that room, the box, the instruments. And then when she got there, she froze. Literally, she stopped in her tracks and all of the other kids were diving into the box, pulling out the instruments that they wanted, one at a time, one at a time. She literally waited until every last peer, okay, Mm -hmm. had an instrument. And then she peeked in the box. And I, I, I remember feeling, oh, I feel so bad. Why did she do that? But you know what? In her own right, at 15 months old, 
Leaders Eat Last, and that's a book yeah, you and Simon I have spoken Sinek. about by Simon Sinek, who's yep. amazing, an amazing thought leader on leadership. Yeah. And that that's at 15 months old. So I, I, for, I was thinking about that last night. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was totally... Yeah self-sacrificing because as a 15 month old do you think people you know do you think they really know you know that's not for you i mean we teach them yep. play nice in the sandbox share your toys yes. but that's a different level so as we've been studying leadership and also training on leadership and development inside companies again and of course with the job seekers trying to be more self-aware mm-hmm. in order to be a leader and again playground boardroom. Yes. I don't care where, I don't care who, I don't care how much money you make. Leadership behavior starts with self-awareness. Yep. Know thyself. Mm. You can right? Yes, totally. I don't know. Again, I'm get Shakespeare. Is Wasn't that? that Shakespeare know thyself? I don't know because I almost didn't graduate 11th grade, so I can't tell you. Really? You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. How did that happen? I missed 65 days of school. And they you, let you graduate? Well, do you know why? I'm a, you, should, why, you have to ask the leadership question, why? Well, first I want to hear the other part of the story, then I'll ask the why. But what? why? Wait, what's the other part of the question? What was I doing? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready to ask that part. <laughs> I was working. So they had this ridiculous rule in high school. I went to, uh, am I allowed to say you where went to I went to school? high school? Eh, went- maybe I won't, but eventually the more you know me, you'll know where I grew up. So anyway, I went to this... Lovely looking high school, but they had a rule. And the rule was you had to be um, in your class by 8.50 a.m., 8.50. If you were late, you had to get a late pass, okay? Or or you couldn't walk the halls. They were hall monitors. Mm -hmm. And then if you were late more than three times, you had to then have a hearing with the assistant principal. Oh, no. So that was four. And then if you were late another time, you would be suspended, Okay, now, here's the thing. It didn't matter if you were a minute late. I don't want to make it like I was, you know, walking up this long hill for miles and miles and miles, (laughs) but it was a far walk. And for some reason, I'd be heading up this one block where you could see this huge clock tower from, you know, from the high school and you could hear the chimes. You could hear the bell ring and I'd say, well, I'm going to go for a bagel because I'm gonna be late, and late is late. So ultimately, I got suspended so many times. What I did with my time, which I know that's really what you're curious about, I went to work. I had a part-time job that I used to go to after school, and I figured, you know what? This is ridiculous. I can earn money, I'm being helpful, I'm contributing. Forget Mr. Basson's English class, it's just the way it is. And then one day, I got a phone call, and the phone call was uh, from my mother, who said, why aren't you in school? Because you called me at work. And I was uh-huh. like, Ugh. I was like, oh, uh, I didn't feel like going in today. She's like, yeah, and what about the last two weeks? Oh, oh. no. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I had to explain the whole, okay, this is what it is, and of course got in trouble. And then the guidance counselor got a hold of me because of all of these suspensions and you know, throw in some you know, very large tonsils that you know, I'd catch every virus. They, he was like, we have a problem. I'm like, what's the problem? He said, well, you've missed 65 days of 11th grade, and I don't know that you're going to be able to graduate, let alone even get to 12th grade. And I'm thinking, now think of this as a leadership thing. Talk about proactive 
versus reactive. Yeah. Right? Isn't this a little reactive at this point? You're telling me I'm 65 days out of, you know, I've missed 65 days of school and now you think there's a problem? Yeah, where have you been? Mm, where have you been? Sure. Right? So anyway, I did graduate 11th grade. I had to bust my butt in 12th grade. Kudos. And uh, and did get to, uh, fortunately, get to college. But when you look back, leadership behavior. So for me, I don't know if it was leadership behavior as much as it was logic. This made no sense to me. Now, you're a devil. I know you're a devil. So you're just sitting yeah. there. I see the big smile. What do you, Did you know that story about me? No, I never knew that. But I think I got you beat. Yeah, how so? I went to two elementary schools. I went to four high schools. I went to eight summer camps. So I wasn't a very good student, you could say. Wait, 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 wait. You did that by choice or <laughs> you had no choice and they were throwing you out and you just had to find other places that would take you? It was the latter. That's for sure. Really? Yeah, yeah I wasn't a very good student. I wasn't a very uh, cooperative. I wasn't a very good rule follower. So interesting. Here um, we are, right? What do we do? Yeah, we help leaders. We, we help, help leaders be better leaders, right? And we were devils. Yes. So what does that tell you? Probably that the best leaders are the devils. <laughs> you wouldn't say that. I don't know about that. I will say this. You know, I look back and I say, what makes up a leader? What have I self-sacrificed? What yeah. You know, people that have worked at PEAR you know, have been on this magic carpet ride, right? I come up with ideas, let's do this. They're working till 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. And, you know, I don't know. I think when we come back from the break, we have uh, one very interesting story, I think, that you might like to hear about self-sacrifice that you don't know. And takeaways. I'd love to hear it. Introducing Play.it, a podcast network like no other. At Play.it, you can hear your favorite WCBS features on demand. In the WCBS Eye on Politics. I'm Pat Farnack with the WCBS Health and Wellbeing Report. I'm Steve Greenberg talking about your next job. Hear those and more from WCBS when you need it. Plus, great content from other CBS stations. For the best in news, sports, business, and tips for your lifestyle, go to Play.it today. Welcome back to Gut Wisdom. It's Deirdre and JG. And I cannot believe, JG, that we are on the radio. Pinch me. I can't believe it either. It's amazing. What what gratitude. The universe speaks. The, Thank you, Kendra. Yeah. So Kenya. when we left off, I wanted to share something with you. Um, of course, we're talking about the topic of self-sacrifice and leadership behavior for anybody who's just tuning in. <clears throat> I'm not losing my voice. I'm just... Uh, little graspy today but anyway so I wanted to share something with you about my dad because you were talking about Mel and of course May earlier so my dad unfortunately passed away when I about a week after I was 16 and I'd have to say not only was he my best friend but certainly my role model you talk about Mel is your role model and I totally get it yeah and I want to share this story with you so you understand what I grew up with, even though I didn't have him for a long time, you know, he was in the Korean War right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, big guy, about six feet tall. Of course, I wasn't there, but I could tell you he was six feet tall. And there were stories that he used to tell us when, uh, when we were growing up. And then later I found out that there were all these articles written about him in the Daily News, the Brooklyn Eagle. And they'd say things like, you know, Bazooka Brooklyn does it again. 
And unfortunately, he's been gone such a long time, but I've been doing a lot of research to really understand the stories because the stories that I was told, you know, I didn't really pick it all up. And of course, like you being sure. the youngest, you know, there were five of, you know, five other siblings that right. uh, needed other attention, mm-hmm. certainly more than the babies do. Of course. Right? <laughs> so as I was reading these articles, you know, you talk about self-sacrifice, leadership, being in the military. So he was wounded, okay, and t- I think by a mortar shell and, you know, whisked away from enemy lines in an ambulance. He came to and apparently asked the ambulance driver, where are my men? And the ambulance driver said, they're out in combat. And Marvin Koppelman said, uh, we have to go get them. And the ambulance driver said, no, no, we can't do that. So my father, known for like, you know, power, right, big guy, kind of took his left hand, he was a lefty, pushed the ambulance driver sort of off to the side, mm-hmm. jumped into literally the driver's seat, yeah, gunned it, oh. drove into the enemy lines, oh my God, and literally took the men, brought them into the ambulance, and drove them away to safety. That was only wow. one story that I learned. You know, about him. And I, as an adult, knowing that, you know, as a kid, I, don't, I really, like I said before, I didn't get the whole thing, but yeah. the self that the self sacrifice sure. to save other people's lives or attempt to save other people's lives at the risk of losing your, your own. own life. Mm-hmm. There was nothing else that mattered. Yeah. Nothing. And, you know, you, you talk about, you know, the ageless. Uh, the ageless timing, anybody can be a leader. I remember once coming home from uh, work, I took the Long Island Railroad at the time, really bad rainstorm, and uh, it looked like somebody was actually hit, like a, almost like a hit and run. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was yards away from this person. Yeah. Y- like there were many other people coming and going much closer sure. to the person who was injured. Mm-hmm. I don't know what came over me. I literally like... Superwoman. I went for this individual on the ground. It was pouring out. I took off my coat. The guy's head was bleeding, rested his head on it, took the umbrella. The umbrella is over him. I'm calling for help. And I'm looking around, not so that this is not about, oh, pat on the back, Deirdre. This is like the experience that I that I had at that moment. I was looking around, I'm saying, Where is everybody else? Sure. I mean, we're not in, you know, I wasn't in Korea, but, you know, I was on a a main street by the Long Island Railroad, and there's a human being on the floor who's been injured on the ground, and and where is everybody? And, you know, I don't know. You're hardwired. You you are hardwired to help. That's in your nature. Ah, I disagree. I disagree. You You think it could be learned? I think it's more than it being learned. I think it comes from the wisdom from within that we're given. You hear so many people in work, in life, what's my purpose? Everybody's trying to find their purpose, their, their why. why. Simon, uh, go back to Simon Go back Sinek, to Simon Winnick. The why. Uh, Simon Sinek, rather, right. So yeah. he's, he's got the Leaders Eat Last book. There's another book that, you know, another book that he's written called uh, Finding Your Why or Knowing Your Why, is mm-hmm. it? And that's very important. So I sit there and I'm like, no, no, no. What do you mean, what is your pur- I really, truly believe it is everybody's purpose, every human being's mm-hmm. purpose yep. to help another person. Yeah. And that to me, I don't know how you cannot. It doesn't 
doesn't, you know, I no comprehend. I don't understand, you know. And I remember, you know, my kids were young, and I'm sure you've done this with yours. I raised them. I told them, if you're not helping somebody every single day, then you're not living. Mm-hmm. And that's how they grew up. They don't. They know self-sacrifice. They're in a rush. You know, they have a million things going on. Their lives are so busy. But you know what? They'll hold the door open for somebody, sure. even if it makes them later. Yeah. You look at, listen, you look at what goes on. The biggest, I think, lessons that we could learn about leadership come from the military, mm-hmm. as you just alluded to with your father's story. You know, the, the whole issue of self-sacrifice. That's an amazing example. Things like the FDNY, what they do, September 11th. The New York Police Department, same thing. They put their lives in ar- harm's way mm-hmm. every day to protect others. Yeah, it's the oath. And though, Right, that is the oath. And we could pick up so many lessons, regardless of our position in a company. Everybody is a leader. Right. Everyone is a leader. And, I'll, wait, and I'll add to that, yeah. that not every leader is a leader. That's for sure. That's, Just because somebody that's runs... That's a great tweet, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Just because somebody runs a company or a department or has a, a you know and a lot of money, right? Sure. That does not make somebody a leader. You yeah. know, we talk a lot about what makes somebody a leader, but having a lot of things does not make you a leader. Mm-hmm. I would, I would agree with you 100%. So what are some of the lessons that we can teach people and share with people about other stories that we've had with leaders, business owners? Uh, You know, you've heard lead by example. Mm -hmm. How many business owners have we seen lead by poor example? Yeah. How many unhappy, disengaged employees Mm -hmm. are out there because they don't have great leadership to follow? Yeah. You know, it's about setting an example. Again, yes. playground to boardroom. Mm. It does not matter. If you're teaching your kids to share that golden rule principle, do unto others, right? It's no different at any age. So why why do you think it's so difficult? I, You know, we've come across and worked with so many different types of individuals. I'm wondering, do you ever, you know, what what do you think stops or prevents mm. somebody from really bringing out the leadership qualities, behaviors that I know most likely they were taught. For the most part, I think it's the lack of self-awareness. Damn. People are just not, they don't know their, themselves well enough. You know, how many times do we ask for feedback? A lot of people don't ask for feedback out of concern that it'll be negative. You know, and they don't always want to know the truth. Right. Well, right. we'll we'll talk about, I want to talk about truth in a little bit. You know, it's so interesting. I did a boot camp um, not too long ago at a law school, and the boot camp was for interviewing skills, yes. right? So these kids were, and I, you know, respectfully call them kids, they were probably 1Ls. So they had just finished their first year of law school, and the law school was bringing in, you know, a, a lot of different providers to help train and, and coach. So I met with, I would say, consecutively six, six or eight groups, and let's call it six to seven uh, students in each group. So each group was about 45 minutes long. 
And I'd come in, and the whole point was to do these mock interviews. Yes. So, you know, they all come in, and, you know, they have their resumes, and they're looking really good. And they sit down, I introduce myself, and I'd say, and let's say you're one of those kids. Sure. Hey, JG. Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Right? We shake hands. Yeah. Terrific. You give me your resume. And I say, so, JG, tell me a little bit about yourself. And I'd say I graduated uh, with a 3.6 grade point average from Long Island University. I majored in accounting and business and finance. I was on the debate team. And that's what I'd probably say. Yeah, and that's exactly pretty close. I went to Tufts undergraduate. I was a bioengineering major, and they sit up, you know, straighter and straighter. And, and I'm like, okay, so that's all here on this piece of paper, your resume. I can see that. I can read that. And then I would flip the paper over, their resume over, and I'd say, and I'd look them square in the eyes. I'd say, okay, now tell me a little bit about yourself. And I have to tell you, they couldn't. They couldn't mm. articulate Talk about them. We're talking about self awareness, right? Leadership yeah. behavior to be self aware. Yes. That is the first step on the ladder mm-hmm. to being a great leader. And we have our own. So I think if, if we could do anything today, yes, right, and give our listeners an opportunity to be better leaders, mm-hmm. to lead by example, mm-hmm. no matter, again, I don't care who you are, what you do, how much you have, what you don't have, it makes no difference, Yes, right? Even if you didn't graduate you know, high school, it doesn't matter, Sure, right? So I, my hope is that you walk away and this is what you tried to do. So here's a couple of takeaways. Yeah. Try this, mm-hmm. two times a week, Give something or do something that puts you out of your comfort zone. Self-sacrifice for another individual. Holding a door open when it's not convenient for you. Saving that piece of cake because you really want that, but you know what? Somebody else is going to enjoy it better. Giving half of your sandwich when you pass a homeless person on the street. Mm. Okay? So so yeah. if our listeners would do this two times a week, I, and I know you want to hear what happened what did you do? What did it feel like for you and the person that you self-sacrificed for? Yeah. You can go to our website, Gut Wisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M. There's a tab, talk to us. We want to hear that you practiced it. How'd it go, right? How'd yeah. you feel about that? Or even hashtag and send us a tweet on Twitter, hashtag Gut Wisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M. Oh. We want to hear the stories. Definitely, because if we hear the stories, we can share the stories. And if we share the stories, we're paying it forward. And that's what we're here to do together, Mm -hmm. right? Want to leave with a quote? True self-sacrifice is the willingness to help others without expecting anything in return. That's what we want you to take away from tonight. Mm. And so just quick note before we go into our little close here, I have a question. Did you know that next week, right? Next week is National Big Whopper Liar Day. I never who who makes these things up. Do you next do you Saturday even, night? That's ne- next Saturday Big night. <laughs> National Big Whopper Liar Day. So we are going to have a field day. I know talking about truth, lies, workplaces, and life. You've been listening to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio eight eighty. We'll be here for an hour every Saturday night at seven o'clock. 
To learn more about us, visit our website, gutwisdom.com, and there you'll find a link to give us your feedback on the topics we've talked about and stories you want to share. Want to give a big thank you to our executive producer, Kenya Gibson, who always provides support and inspiration. Woo-hoo. Melissa Raff handling the production. Tom Fenn is our engineer. And yeah. of course, the men behind the scenes, Greg Janoff and Tim Scheldt. Lastly, but surely not least, the leaders at GFG, Paracore Solutions, My Success Platform, and Gut Wisdom. JG, our team, you know it, I know it. We are so grateful for their support. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Next week.